Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Shop Notes podcast. I'm Phil, along with John and Logan for uh, 2024, kicking things off uh, with a lot of fun stuff in store this year and some great conversations to be had. Thanks for listening and uh, let's get started. Man, call on your shot right yeah. out of the gate. That this yeah, is gonna you're be right. Podcast. <laughs> it's it's like he's never on. went back and watched yeah. any of our podcasts. Yeah. Pressure is on. <laughs> this has to be a great podcast, guys. We can't sleepwalk right. through it like normal. Well. <laughs> 2024 is going to be different. This is the year we get yep. caught up on stuff. Or after yep. this year, it gets better. <sighs> yeah. mm-hmm. Right. Can't get any worse. Let's just put it that way. The dead cat bounce. Okay. So did you guys get any woodworking gifts? I got a uh, Woodsmith branded hooded sweatshirt for Christmas. Nice. From my parents. But my wife's okay. kind of taking it over, though. She likes it. All right. So, getting the brand she out there. She probably is a fan of the podcast, yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Right. She's going yeah. to catch up in 2024. <laughs> 180 <laughs> podcasts straight. <laughs> Uh, I think we said somewhere in the, like the fifties, like this podcast is not meant for overconsumption. Like no, that. right? No. You not will you will hate us if you. It'll do that. drive you mad. One yeah. podcast is too much. Yeah. But yeah. here we are. Yeah. Phil, I know you got a woodworking tool. I did. Uh, for those who have listened to way too many of these podcasts, you know my kind of Compulsion? Captain Ahab-like search for the perfect mortising tool and uh, my different experiments with things and was chatting about it with my dad, who's also a woodworker. And uh, we stumbled across the Jessam Pocket Mill Pro, I think is what it's called. It uses a drill and a special bit to create loose tenon mortises in pieces. And they also sell a workstation that goes with this, with this jig. Well, I actually have it here in the shop. I'll put a photo of it on the show notes page and a link to link to the Jessam site. It's, it's kind of cool. Uh, I, I like the idea of it being uh, powered by just a regular drill. Like I was using just a, one of our cordless 18 volt, drills and it worked like a champ makes like Mm -hmm. really smooth mortises. The bit is basically a spiral upcut router bit, solid carbide that's installed in a longer bit extension that goes in the drill. It it looks like, it looks like a Craig pocket hole bit. If the fat part was a solid piece of bar, right? doesn't yeah. it like it steps down really far it's yeah weird. it steps yeah. down in there the uh the jig comes with a six millimeter bit which their jessam is out of canada so for so in canadian that six millimeter is translates to uh just under a quarter of an inch i think so well in canada it's still six millimeter it is still six millimeter, but here it's like, like a pound and a half or something. In America. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, for those who speak American, it's about a little less than a quarter of an inch. And I was surprised. I tried it out the first time 
on some ash scraps that I had at home. I was going to use some white pine, but I feel like that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, that's not fair to anybody. <laughs> Never stood a chance. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> so I tried it on ash, did end grain, you know, if you were doing a loose tendon joint where it would be an end grain mortise and a face grain and it worked really great. Did some, I think the pieces that I had here were mahogany that I was showing you guys yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, worked really smoothly. So yeah, nice. I'm excited about it. Is it the ideal solution? No, but I think there's a case to be made that you can chase ideal yeah. until you're dead. Yep. So I'm excited to put it to work on some projects that I have boiling around in my head. It'll be interesting to see how it works. It's uh, this mortise sizes that they work with for the most part. The jig is not obviously competitive, but it creates mortises the same size as some of the Festool dominoes. Yeah. In terms it's of both its the width of the mortise, the length, and the yeah. depth. Well, I was going to say, it's one of those things that almost looks like, or the the bigger difference, in my opinion, between that and the Festool, since you brought that up, is like the Festool, you bring the tool to the workpiece. And this is right. workpiece. You bring the workpiece to the tool. Yeah. Yeah. So. It has a very similar vibe to kind of your shop-made router mortising jigs. You know, some yeah. of the ones that we've shown where it's, you know, a face plate that you clamp your piece to and then the the mortar, whatever is powering the, the bit is above that. So, no. yeah, I'm excited about it. Ended up ordering, a, they have a 10 millimeter bit, I think is the largest that they go to. Mm -hmm. So just to have a two different sizes to work with, I think will be yeah. nice. They they sell a I think six different size bits or something like that all together, and I don't think you need a full set. It's kind of like mortising chisels. Do you need a full set of mortising chisels? Probably not. You need Probably like three need sizes. yeah, two or three. Where it's like normal work, big stuff, entry doors. Yep, small stuff. Yeah. Yep. Right. I got a set of nice Brad Point bits, which is cool. Okay. Because um, I, I think when, well, no, we were looking for a standard twist bit when you were here when we were making your nut for your drill press. But like the the ones that I had, I think were they must have been like a Harbor Freight set or something, or maybe it was like a Menards free after rebate. The bits themselves had a ton of run out on them. Oh, so. Like you'd you'd throw throw a bit, especially in a drill, and you're like, ah, that's wobbly. That's wobbly as crap. It's not making a quarter inch hole, it's making a you know three eighths inch hole because of the oscillation on it. So so I got a nice set of four center bits. Um but the bigger thing I think is we all got a Christmas gift, right? That got delivered yesterday. Mm -hmm. So Phil The unwrapping is gonna be the hardest part. Right. <laughs> yeah, for we're in the middle of even though a lot of people are probably seeing season 17 of the Woodsmith Shop TV show airing on either its first run or second run, we're already starting on season 18. 
and we've picked up a new underwriter sponsor for the show uh mm -hmm. grizzly tools uh agreed to be an underwriter so uh, they've been an advertiser in popular woodworking for quite since a long time yep. since issue one so uh, so they joined us and then logan made a run down to springfield missouri mm -hmm. and picked up uh some new tools for our set because that's one of the perks of being a sponsor is being able to have their tools on the set so we have uh, a trailer load of <laughs> new tools that came yeah. we got a bandsaw and a drill press and a table saw jointer planer a lathe uh, oscillating edge sander and spindle sander right for the main production shop so if you pay attention on our on youtube or on our facebook page we do shop updates every thursday you'll be able to see some of those make appearances there so yep. got a little mini vertical mill which is awesome yes uh our resident wiley coyote chris fitch is has been eyeing uh a metalworking milling machine for a while now and we're able to scratch that itch there so yep yeah so it was kind of like it was kind of like a community christmas <laughs> everybody had to help unload mm -hmm. it off the trailer which kind of sucked <laughs> but <laughs> but it was like a community christmas gift where it's like hey look at all these new tools that i mean yeah we got we get to play with them but we don't have to find room for them in our own shops which is really awesome <laughs> right so, yeah yeah so it'd be cool. I always like I always like the unboxing, the setting up of new tools. That's always fun. Yeah, and there's a little bit of Tetris in terms of we have these, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, big crate cage looking things that we have to set somewhere, and then the old tools are still around. So now we got to figure out where, where and how they're going to move, and all that kind of stuff. So yep. yeah, fun. Well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty awesome because it's like. You know, we've we've had several power tool underwriters for, you know, last what, 18 seasons. Um, this one's a little different because they have everything like everything yeah. like, hey, you want a, you know, gunsmithing lathe that you can cut rifling into a gun barrel. They got it. I mean, it helps that Shiraz, you know, we uh, we talked about it on the podcast. He's big into firearms but like you know they have everything it was it was pretty cool i wish i would have had more time to walk around their showroom yesterday when i was down there because it was like i walked in the front door walked immediately to the back counter said who i was there for did a quick tour and i was back on the road within an hour like yeah it was i could have wandered around there for a long time and we had the woodsmith store here in town when it was you know in its original location and it dwarfs that absolutely oh, yeah. it. i mean it's like so it's like a, a it's like a like a cabela's or something of oh yeah oh yeah 100 100 that it's like, a it's an event yeah. space kind of like yeah. it's an experience so is that a, yeah, like, a retail like, site as well it is oh, yeah oh yeah okay. oh yeah yeah it's like it's like walking into a cabela's so much so that they have a fish pond in the center with mounted grizzlies around it like legitimately wow. so it's pretty cool so I just wish I would have had more time. I I mean, because Grizzly not only sells their own stuff, they have a bunch of other stuff as well. So they have a full two rows of like Milwaukee stuff. They have full two rows of DeWalt stuff. They have a full row of, you know, Narek's 
branded hand tools. Um, you know, okay. they have they have a lot, lot, a lot of stuff in there. So pretty cool. Nice. So, yeah. So it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be it'll be cool to. There's always a little bit of a learning curve, like, I mean, a table saw is a table saw, but, yeah. you know, there's nuances the operation and yeah, it's like cars. Yeah. Well, it's like, and, you know, one thing that we noticed yesterday when we moved that table saw and the dust port's on a different side than our other table saw. So it's like, so the dust port being on the back facing, you know, it would be the camera. It's, it's facing off the left hand side if you're the operator. So there's just those little nuances between manufacturers that, you know, you kind of got to learn. Yep. So other Christmas news, you are semi blocking your completed saw till. Yep. There it it's is back there. Yep. So got that bad boy finished up. I'm super happy with the curly maple for everything. Like did the curly maple back, which is covered in saws now and curly maple drawers. Um, I dorked up those drawers pretty bad though. Like not gonna lie. I, uh, I, have... <laughs> I mean, they only have to look pretty from the front, right? <laughs> well, okay. So here's the, well, that's what I dorked up. I had one board. I'm like continuous grain all the way across, cut my left door, my, my mill drawer. And then I go to cut my right drawer. I cut it an inch short. <laughs> so that drawer on the far side over there is a different piece mm. of wood. Is anybody going to notice it? No. No. But for a little while, <sighs> it will bother you. It, nah, so, eh, nah, it doesn't bother me that much. I'm pretty realistic with stuff. It's like, yeah, it, was, it is what it is. <laughs> I did have like big plans. I got discouraged after I did that. I had plans like doing locking rabbits on those drawers. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna dowel these SOBs <laughs> together. So <laughs> those drawers are complete dowel construction, which is awesome. There you go. Yeah. So yep, she's done. I turned turned three pegs for the bottom. You can kind of see a couple of saws hanging off of my apron. Um, okay. So little shaker pegs. And I didn't shoot any of that stuff because it's like I figure if somebody wants shaker pegs and they want to turn them, they probably know how to turn shaker pegs. And if somebody else wants to put pegs on there, they don't know how to turn, they're going to order them. So, Right. And there's, I mean, you can get shaker pegs at Menards. You can get shaker yeah, pegs online. Yeah. And I actually had bought a couple of um, boxes of shaker pegs because initially I wasn't going to turn them. Initially, I was just going to you know, use the poplar ones. I'm like, yeah, poplar is going to look goofy. So I had happened to have a drawer front that was too small that I could cut <laughs> up into, <laughs> into shaker pegs. So that's, that's what I did. But then, you know, I generally, I'm not a very smart person, but I had a genius idea. I'm in Menards looking for poles for this thing. And the consensus with my pop wood staff was gold or brass poles are going to be the best thing. You know, because painted would be fine. Um, you don't necessarily want to throw another wood color in there. Right. So we're like, all right, brass will play off of those sawbacks really nicely. Yeah. Um, Plus our, like, Green Bay Packer colors. <laughs> yeah, there's that, too. <laughs> um, the, uh, all, the, all the knobs at Menards are just way too big. So I'm trying to figure out like what to do for a smaller knob. I was wandering around in the like lighting aisle because they have the threaded balls that you would use for like tops of lamps and stuff. Oh, sure. 
And I'm like, yeah, maybe I make one of those work. Those are just a little too small. Nothing was Goldilocks right. You know, it was all too big, too small. Nothing was just right. Um, so then I'm wandering around Menards. And I'm like, I just I bought some brass stock. I'm like, maybe I'll just like, you know, make some poles. You know, I have a couple of big pieces of brass here. And I'm like, hey, I could make those look like saw nuts. Like by using the bigger stock and just kind of hollowing out the center, make it look like a saw nut. I'm like, hey, dumbass, you got a box full of extra <laughs> saw nuts at home. So I I used a couple of medallions for the mm-hmm. uh, the drawer poles, which I think looks really, really cool. So Yeah, and I think it's a great touch on there because they are, like you said, they're the perfect size. Yep. And ties in. Yeah. And yeah. I had I had an Atkins one, I had a Distin one, and I had a warranted superior one. So, you know. Okay. So kind of cool. I was just kind of fun. Yeah. Plus, I mean, for the most part, you can find some decent looking medallions. Yeah. And some pretty ratty saws. Well, and that's exactly it. And actually, I had I got an email from a gentleman. I need to uh, reply back to him. He was asking me about um, saw nuts and where to find them. Um, his name was Steve, uh, and his father made a cane for him several years ago that looks like a saw handle. So, oh. so the cane handle is a saw handle shape. Um, going down into the cane part. He's like, hey, I think it'd be really cool to put some saw nuts on here. Uh, he, and he was asking me where to find them, and I need, a, I need to reply back to him. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can buy, geez, you could buy boxes of saw nuts off of eBay because a lot of times the handles are roached or the plates are all bent up. The hardware is still good. So yeah, you know, pretty good. Yeah, well, I'm just thinking how many times I've been at a thrift store garage sale or something like that and... Yeah. Like you said, the handle, the blades have been sitting in a garage for how many years and they're just rusted way beyond yep. anything that's usable anymore. Or like you said, the handles are cracked or mm-hmm. or they were terrible handles to begin with, but they still used yeah. decent looking decent. medallions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get some of those like the later Atkins and stuff used like the laminated plywood type handles and stuff. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. But so, yeah. So she's done. My next project, I think, is going to be for In the Shop. I'm going to do like a little three-part series on nah, – it's not a series. It'll be a, you know, three quick and easy shop storage solutions. So doing a, a you know, a simple clamp rack, doing a push pad holder for the jointer, like a magnetic one. So little sure. stuff like that. So just yeah. kind of shop quality of life projects. So that'll be, that'll be a nice little fun, fast project. Yeah. I do think January – February timeframe is nice for shop projects. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have, let's face it in the Midwest, the midwinter can be challenging. Yeah. It's the highest months for, I, I remember this from my pre-med time in, in college It is the highest months for diagnosed depression. Okay. There you go. Can't wait. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will say, like, I, I don't know. Did we talk about this linseed paint that we've messed around with? I don't think we uh, have. I don't think so. No. Uh, so, like, I painted this thing. So, so there was a Chris Shores blog a couple of months ago talking about linseed paint, right? And 
like I've heard of linseed paint. It's an oil-based paint. You know, it's it's really big in like Scandinavia, like for like outdoor paints, like painting doors. Like you see those beautiful pictures of the fjords with you know all these houses that are really bright and stuff. It's all linseed paint generally. Right. Uh, it's it's kind of a traditional paint. So how would just to step back real quick? Yeah. So what's the difference between linseed paint and kind of the old school oil paint that John and I remember from our childhood and hating having to clean up? Um, Because that 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 paint is a petrol based paint. So it is a petrol oil based product, okay. I believe. Um, the linseed paint, the actual carrier of the pigment is linseed oil. So you have all the benefits of the linseed oil right? with the ability or the, the situation of it carrying a pigment. Okay. So right. what I, I reached out to a company and I was like, oh, I kind of want to mess with this stuff and want to do, you know, an article on it because I mean, yeah, like milk paint's cool and all, but it's milk paint. You know, I feel very Chip and Joanna Gaines when I use it and I don't like that feeling about myself. <laughs> so like I try to, I try to avoid it. Uh, not, not there's anything wrong with chipping Joanna, but like, uh, so I got, uh, a company up in Canada, Sage Restorations sent us, um, maybe five or six colors of a brand called Albach, A-L-L-B-A-C-K, um, Albach paint. And they're small. Um, they're probably 250 milliliters. Like they're, they're pretty small um jars but we got a couple different colors and i i first painted one of the stools that we did on the tv show i painted the base on it using the same green and i'm like hey that you know like that that color was really cool so i'm going to use it on this so i used it on this um now the difference in application on this linseed paint is crazy it brushes so nice and i think i told phil this as i was painting like it it changed my idea about brushing paint on because it flows so nice off the brush and I'm just using like cheap Chinese chip brushes. Like I actually bought a nice oil brush for this, um, but I haven't used it yet. Um, but it, uh, it flows really nicely. It drags forever. Like you, like when I painted the stool, um, it was four legs and a couple stretchers. So not a ton of coverage, but I shook the paint up. And then I just used the paint that was on the lid from opening the jar. And I was able to paint the entire stool. It paints it drags, it, it, it has an immense amount of coverage. They say that it covers twice as much as like an acrylic paint. Okay. Um, and what I, what I also found, and I, I don't know if this is a function of the oil carrier or the pigment size, but it seems to be a much, much finer paint than like an oil or a latex or, you know, anything like that, because like it was to the point where as I'm dragging the paint with the brush, so dragging the paint being, you know, load up the paint with brush, you start painting, but then you go to those areas where you first touch the brush to there's more paint there than the rest there. So you can kind of drag it out and spread it more or less. As I'm doing that, the pigment is picking up and like, you know, it, when I was painting, you know, my little fig figures and stuff for my, my war top tabletop games, uh, you call it dry brushing. So you're using a brush that has most of the paint taken off and it, it applies that pigment that's on the brush to the highlights, the highest points on the, the surface. As you're dragging this, this paint, it's actually picking up and highlighting the like 
180 grit sand marks on the surface. Like it's very interesting. So it's a very, very fine pigment. I think Um, I'm in, I'm in love with this paint. It's expensive though. That's the bigger issue with using it all the time. And I don't think it's like an everyday, every project paint. Um, But man, I really like it. It does take forever to dry. That's where I was going with this whole thing. I painted this fill <laughs> like that last day we were in the office before break, right? Yeah. I picked this up like Saturday or Sunday, like eight days later, I picked this thing up and I was still getting green paint all over everything. Like it just takes forever to dry. It's one of those things that you paint it and you don't touch it for two weeks. Um, you know, as I was fitting drawers and stuff, I had green paint all over the drawers. Uh, yeah, it's just, but the paint is awesome. It seems to be, I don't know if, I don't know if this is, this will make any sense. It's a much cleaner paint, I guess. So like what I mean by that is, you know, I, I'm sure you guys have painted something and then brushed it up against like a dusty surface mm-hmm. and it, the paint kind of picks up the dust. And then you can never really get it back to like the clean paint color. Um, it's like it doesn't seal the wood or something. Sure. But this stuff does. Like I laid this on my workbench, picked it up. The side was all dusty and literally just brushing it off my hand. All the dust came right off, um, which was was interesting. Because I was afraid that's like, oh, God, now that side's always going to be a shade different than the rest of it. Because <laughs> there's a layer of fine dust on it. <laughs> but no, it's it's pretty cool. I like it. I think it's interesting also that that paint was uh, being linseed paint Mm -hmm. because I think the old oil paint had a lot of thinner in it, yeah, mineral spirits or something like that. So it had that mineral spirit, whatever, and then you'd have to use like three gallons of mineral spirits to clean brushes (laughs) or whatever. Um, But this stuff, the cleaner isn't mineral spirits it's a linseed soap yeah and i'm not a hundred percent sure what that is right so i mean because i mean if i'm cleaning linseed oil off of a brush or something i'm usually using mineral spirits right well maybe now you can use linseed soap yeah and is it the same as murphy's oil soap i don't know I I think it is because that's what comes up when I Google related. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's It just says it's a traditional product made from cold-pressed raw purified linseed oil. The soap contains no additives and is excellent for cleaning brushes after applying all box seed oil paint. Um, wood also works well for cleaning woodenware and flooring. It's solvent-free, safe, and easy to use, and it has a low environmental impact. A 34-ounce, one-liter container is $21 of it. So it is pretty much the same price as, like, a gallon of... Well, no, it would be, it would be more than a gallon of mineral spirits, but, yeah, you know, I would guess you would use a little bit less. Right. So uh, this, uh, the Albach, I think the Albach paint is available from Lee Valley, I believe. It is. It is available from Lee Valley. So the uh, the 200 milliliter, which is what we have, which is like a 
it's about the size of like a jar of small jar of um, jelly or jam is $23. So she's, she's pretty pricey, but it goes a lot further than a standard paint. And the, the the tones that it comes in are very nice. They're very earthy. They're very natural colors. So very scandy. Very scandy. Yeah. John, what do you got going on? <sighs> what do I got going on? Well, today it looks like I'm going to be uncrating and putting together <laughs> a bunch of tools. So that's Bingo. fun. I did get the bandsaw crate off, and that'll oh, nice. take into the dumpster. So that's a good start, but. Um, trying to finish up a upcoming shop notes project, which is a, uh, bench top organizer, which has been kind of tough <laughs> because it's very vague on what it is. Right. It's like <laughs> we've done, um, like lazy Susan type things where it sits on your bench and you can keep stuff in. But I think what I want what I, my direction is, is more of like a tote type thing. Cause I would like want to take it off the bench and put it away. When I just don't want it to sit there all the time. So kind of been bouncing yeah. back and forth with ideas there, but need to finish that up. So, but see, but in, in design, is there ever a wrong thing? No, like, that's, and that's the it, thing. I mean, there, but so there's it's never like, ever it can be a whatever right you want. either. There's never a well, right that's answer. <laughs> yeah. So that's it's never yet, part. John, you hit that one out of the park. Yeah. It's right. Yeah. Yep. So that's what's hard for me is coming up with the right answer, even though there's not ever a right answer. So yeah. it's very, you know, abstract. So, but I got to finish that up and get it down the road. So that's usually what gets you to the answer is the deadline. So that's what I got going on. So <laughs> I think I got to have that's that out the door the answer, by Monday. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's always easy when there's something else to do, like mess around yeah. with new tools and stuff. It's like, Oh, I'll just, yeah, put this to the side and go play in the shop. So, <laughs> not that there's going. anything necessarily wrong with that either. So, yeah, yeah, lovely. All right, cool. Well, I think we're going to wrap that up here with today's episode of the Shop Notes podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or smart remarks, I want to hear about them. You can send them to woodsmith at woodsmith.com. You can also put them in the comments section on our YouTube channel where you'll find all kinds of other uh, woodworking videos and information and project ideas and build-alongs and all that kind of stuff. We're putting up new stuff all the time there. And uh, Logan even has a disc sander project coming up that we'll be featuring. Um, he's working on that. So, uh, like I said, we've got a lot going on with, uh, Woodsmith and shop notes and popular woodworking this year, as long as well as our new, I don't know. Is it a long-term relationship now with uh, fine woodworking, figuring out I mean, how those guys fit into our weird yeah. family reunions and yeah. Yeah. And even probably a live event or two coming up this year so we're going to stay tuned for that as well so thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you next week on the shop notes podcast bye